You're listening to the Big Reviewski on Joe with Chicago Town. Pizza? Yeah, we go to town on it. Hello and welcome to the Big Review Ski with Chicago Town Pizza. My name is Owen, there's Rory, and as far back as we can remember, we've always wanted to be gangsters. Unfortunately, though, that never worked out, and you're stuck here with us giving you weekly recommendations of what to watch instead. But don't worry, because we have one redeeming feature. Our lovely friends over at Chicago Town Pizza have gifted us with some delicious, tasty goodies. And all you have to do is head over to the Big Review Ski Twitter account to be in with the chance of winning. That's right. You guessed it. It's free pizza. But now, Roy, free pizza aside, why are we so mafia mad this week? Well, this week specifically is because it is the arrival of The Many Saints of Newark, which is the prequel movie to The Sopranos, which arguably, depending on who you ask, is either one of or the very best show ever made. Uh, A lot of people have been dying for a Sopranos movie for a very long time. We finally have it. It is a prequel movie, and we spoke to everyone it feels like who is involved in that movie so you can go over to joe's youtube channel right now and check out the no less than seven interviews that we did related to the many saints of newark or you can wait till the very end of this episode and watch a little bit of our chat with ray liotta None other than Ray Liotta. Like, obviously, he's been in loads of films throughout his career, but he's never going to get away from the fact that he starred in one of the most iconic gangster movies of all time, Goodfellas. So it's great to see him back in another film like that, in The Many Saints of New York. And speaking of Goodfellas, loads of people cite that film as their favourite gangster movie. Loads of people say it's their actual favourite movie as well. But myself and Rory have done a little bit of research. That's right, we did some work and we've picked out five of our favourite cool facts about the making of the movie. Fact one, did you know that the F word is said a whopping 300 times Throughout the movie. That's a lot of f***ing cursing. What the f*** are you looking at? And it's mostly Joe Pesci's character, Tommy, who does all of the cursing. It was written into the script about 70 times, and then he just threw in a load more as well. Supposedly, his mammy was massively disappointed when she saw the film saying that uh, he had cursed way too much, which is entirely relatable as well. But another wee side fact of that one, Scorsese's film uh, with the most curses is actually The Wolf of Wall Street, followed by Casino and then Goodfellas. So that's one fact for you. Rory, what have you got? Goodfellas, fact number two, or as we should probably call it, Goodfellas, fact number two, is the fact that Joe Pesci, having won Best Supporting Actor Oscar for his role in this, then went on to give the shortest Oscar speech pretty much of all time. Uh, We've got a little clip of it right here. It's my privilege, thank you. Super short, love the brevity, big fan. Um, so I'll keep it short too. That's my fucking fact number two. I never knew that Brenda Fricker was the one that actually presented him with his Oscar as well. So obviously we're claiming this is an Irish film now because it's all <laughs> it's all connected. 
Um, fact number three, the famous tracking shot, Steadicam shot, that has just been lauded uh, throughout cinema history and loads of other people have based shots on it. It's whenever Ray Liotta's character is going into the Copacabana Club and the camera is following him around and he goes through the kitchen and he's having conversations and he's slipping people money and he gets the table right up at the front. They actually had to shoot that entire thing and it lasts a couple of minutes, so it's a long shot. They had to shoot it eight times because something kept going wrong and it wasn't anything to do with the choreography or really out of messing things up or anything like that it was all because at the very end of the shot there's a comedian comes on stage a guy called henry youngman and he has pretty much one line to do one line to do and after everything has gone absolutely perfectly he messed it up so many times uh that one single line again also relatable, because uh, even when you're given one simple job to do, I can't help but mess it up. But they finally nailed it, and it's gone down in cinema history. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the Copacabana is proud to present the king of the one-liners, Henny Youngman. How are you all? I'm glad to be here. Take my wife, please. Fact number four. Maybe the most famous scene from Goodfellas. It, 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 no, it is. It's the most famous scene from Goodfellas. It's the you think I'm funny scene. Joe Pesci being abnormally terrifying, like absolutely off the screen terrifying. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? How do you think I'm funny? Why do you think I'm funny? Oh, my God. I thought we were all just having a laugh, mate. We're clearly we're not anymore, lol. Was all entirely <laughs> Pesci's creation. He had seen it happen in real life with some real mobsters. He helped uh, script and create that scene himself. Only Scorsese, Pesci and Liotta knew how that scene was going to play out. So everyone around them are, uh, how will I put this creatively? Not actors, but playing their roles really well if you can follow my gist there. Uh, and they all kind of had no idea how this scene was going to play out and reacted naturally, which was just pure terror, which, again, if Joe Pesci's being terrifying, that is, that's how that's going to go. I love the way whenever you were doing the quotes from the film that you threw in the word lol as well, as if, like, imagine that actually happened when Joe Pesci was doing it as well. Not quite as scary then. No. And fact number five, this film could have looked a lot different in terms of the casting. So one person, Al Pacino, was actually offered the role of Jimmy, which ended up going to Robert De Niro because uh, Al Pacino felt that he was being typecast after playing uh, Michael Corleone in The Godfather. And as well as Ray Liotta playing Henry Hill, on the shortlist for that role was none other than Tom Cruise as well, which would have been completely bizarre um, having Tom Cruise in the mix there with all these Italian-American mobsters as well. But my favourite thing is the fact that uh, the reason Al Pacino turned Goodfellas down was to go and make uh, Dick Tracy, mm. and that film completely bombed. And he has said in interviews since that uh, he has regretted the decision, which is the understatement uh, of the 20th and 21st century uh, as well. So those are your five facts about one of the most iconic gangster films of all time. Speaking of amazing gangster movies, there's one new big release this week that everybody's talking about. It is, of course, The Many Saints of New York. We know it's the prequel to The Sopranos, Rory, but what else can you tell us about the movie? Well, it's, uh, it's headed by... Michael Gandolfini, who is the real-life son of James Gandolfini, and he's playing 
a younger version of Tony Soprano uh, before he got made or finds himself properly interlinked with the more criminal aspect of his family. Um, and he's been kind of brought up by uh, his uncle Dickie, who's played by Alessandro Nivola, who people might know from Face Off and like lots of other amazing films that he's been in. And it just, it shows the the internal struggle within the family and also within specific family members of should you do the right thing when it's harder or do the criminal thing because it's your family's kind of already laid it all out for you and you're guaranteed money and respect and power. Uh, so yeah, so it's, it's kind of this uh, little angel, little devil thing sitting on everyone's shoulder for the the soul of Tony Soprano, but as anyone who's ever seen The Sopranos, well, we know. We know how that goes. Three. I try to set an example for my nephew. Get them to the beds and bees. Anthony got kicked out of school. I went through all that trouble. And for what? I'm always being accused. You gotta be good. That's what I want. I want to do whatever I can to help the family. As you said, you've done a number of interviews. It's the many interviews of Rory Cashin for <laughs> the Many Saints, uh, <laughs> for the Many Saints of New York. But I know I'm biased, but I've had a look through all of them. And if people actually go in and especially check out uh, Michael Gandolfini's one, because he says some lovely kind of memories of growing up with his dad while he was filming uh, The Sopranos as well. Um, and it's just a real insight into like what it was like at that time. And then the pressure and the burden of having to play like a version of your dad uh, on the big screen as well. But no, I can't wait to see this. And I know like pretty much every other Sopranos fan in the world is going to be queuing up to see uh, this film as well. So um, yeah, no, no, cannot wait. The other release this week is something that has been, um, it's not quite as mainstream, obviously, as The Sopranos, not many things are. But this is something that, especially within people, if you like... Um, proper cinematic colorful experiences this look like it's going to be completely mind-blowing it's the green knight from uh director david lowry and even looking at the trailer for this looks like a work of art uh there's a lot of hype around it people i think have been blown away by it uh when they have had a chance to see it you know rory mm. i know you've had a chance to see it i have no idea what you think about it so what, what did you think of it whenever you saw it yeah i think do you remember there was a guy called Tarsim Singh? He directed films like The Cell with Jennifer Lopez and he did uh, the, um, the Immortals, I think, with um, Henry Cavill. And they were just, they were beautiful. And like you grab any shot and you're like, that's a poster, I want that on my wall, it is beautiful. So imagine if he decided to, to make an episode of Game of Thrones that's kind of the vibe here. Like uh, Dev Patel is given one kind of mission to do to, to prove that he is worthy of, of a knighthood. And he just, he sets off on this journey. And along the way, he meets characters who are played by uh, Barry Keoghan, Joel Edgerton, Alicia uh, Vikander, all on the way to meeting the Green Knight who he has to fight uh, to prove his worthiness as, as a knight himself. And... I will say that there are parts of this that are the most beautiful, atmospheric, <clears throat> foreboding, like beautifully cinematic moments. And then there's other bits that connect those scenes 
that uh, kind of they traipse on a little bit. Uh, really is a matter of uh, how do I put it? The director is like, I'm trying to set a mood, and sometimes the mood is isn't it kind of boring to go on a long trip somewhere? <laughs> um, with like, okay, so you could you could take a motorway to to Donegal, and it's kind of a boring trip, or you could do like the scenic route, and you see lots of interesting things, and it takes longer to get there. Uh, and this movie is somehow both of those trips at the same time. Friends. Brothers and sisters. Who can regale me and my queen with some myth? Or tale? I love how optimistic you are as a Dublin person, just for the record. Donegal is completely abandoned and forgotten about up here in the top corner of the country. There's no motorway, there's no trains, there's no nothing. But I, I like, uh, as I said, your your optimistic approach to that. So one of the things I'm also excited about, which I didn't realise until I was reading up on the film, is it's directed by a guy called David Lowry. Uh, the reason I'm excited about that is he remade Pete's Dragon for Disney a few years back. And the first one is about a million hours long. Uh, it's all over the shop. It's pretty suspect in terms of its uh, kind of characteristics of some people as well. But this remake that he had done, it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, it's brilliantly acted as well. Bryce Dallas Howard and Robert Redford. And the effects in it are gorgeous. So if he's transferred any of that into The Green Knight uh, as well, that's all very exciting to see. So those two brand new films are in cinemas to see this week. And again, a number of brand new trailers have released uh, or been dropped over the last week or so. But Roy, which one have you selected for our favourite trailer this week? Yeah, so I we watched this trailer and I think we both were like, oh, we're absolute. Because I know you have been dying to see this film for a very long time. I think it was late last year you said this was one of the films you were most excited about seeing this year. Um, so yeah, it's Tom Hanks' new one, Fitch? Or is it Finch? Is it Finch? It's Finch. It's I, Finch with it an the end. Worst, like Finchie from The Office. It's the worst name for this film. It was called Bios, and then it was called something else. I think it was named after maybe the book. It was I, I cannot get the name of this film to stay. I, I keep calling it Fitch, and I keep thinking it's the name of either the dog or the robot, but it's actually Tom Hanks' character's name is Finch. So, yeah, he is uh, one of the last survivors left on Earth after a solar flare causes global destruction uh, and he takes refuge underground uh, and discovers he's got a, a, a pet dog that is there for company but he builds a robot from scratch to help uh, help around for a bit but also to be around when Tom Hanks passes away so that's that's cry number one to help keep the dog alive what does this film already? It's just this synopsis alone. I was like, oh God, Tom Hanks is going to die. There's a dog in it. Um, so yeah, so it looks phenomenal and uh, is directed by Miguel Sapochnik, who directed some of the best episodes of Game of Thrones. Um, yeah, well, what do you think? Because I know already previously, without even having seen a frame of it, you were already very excited for this. 
Yeah, it was actually at the end of 2019 when I first heard about the premise for this film going into 2020. That's how long ago uh, I got excited about this one uh, originally. But I always like it whenever Tom Hanks uh, is disappeared, left to fend for himself and ends up making friends with other things. So I'm hoping (laughs) Wilson the Volleyball makes a cameo appearance in this film at some point uh, as well. But as you said, whatever combo of whatever characters die in this, whether it's Tom Hanks, the dog and or the robot, it's just going to be tears galore uh, throughout. So they're not holding back from the cheesiness or the sentimentality in the trailer either. But again, I I don't care. Um, I'll definitely be there for that. So I'll watch anything uh, that Tom Hanks is in. So that's Finch with an end, like Finchie from The Office, which also connects us to The Green Knight with Ralph Innocent. So everything is connected uh, <laughs> this week. Here's where we look. It all happened so fast. There was a solar flare. Goodbye crops and food, goodbye everything. So I did. Frightened and so alone. And I found you. And now it's time for even more connections. We've just gone from Tom Hanks being one of the last humans on planet Earth to a brand new TV series uh, called Why the Last Man. Roy, what can you tell us about this? It is about the last man, as in male human, left alive on Earth following an inexplicable pandemic that kills off uh, everyone else with a Y chromosome. Um, just last week, if you're watching the big review, we chatted to the show's titular star played by uh, Ben Schnetzer. Uh, and this week, I think it is the first two episodes that land on Disney Plus, and then the rest of the season will play out weekly every Wednesday after that. It is, for me, it was like someone took House of Cards and also The Leftovers and kind of smushed them together. It isn't quite as good as either of those because they're at their peak we're both like two of the best modern shows ever but it is it's very slick it's very entertaining it's got a great cast including Dan Lane who I don't have to go into in detail anymore everyone knows about my love of her um, and it just feels like the kind of show that if they hadn't given it the proper budget it would have felt pokey and small and cheap but they actually have gone all out on making it feel like a proper end of the world disaster thriller um now this is all based off just the first few episodes that i've seen so it could it could become even better again following on throughout the season or it could take a little dip i don't know but from the episodes i've seen so far it is definitely worth a watch mr president you're i'm fine Excellent stuff. Also, keep an eye on Joe.ie. We'll be giving away some goodies for Why the Last Man as well. Now, the next show that's available to watch this week, you'd actually selected it as your favorite trailer a few weeks back. Mm. So we've had it on our radar for a while. It's Midnight Mass. But I have one question and one question only. How good or how present is Rahul Kohli in this? Because it seems like people are huge fans of him, as you pointed out last time. Yeah, last time when we when we talked about Rahul, um, the the thirsty fan base online they found it, and it was shared, and uh, 
It became a conversation. It became a thirsty conversation about thirsty conversations. So that was fun to that kind of thirst inception on, on our timeline. But he is in it quite a bit. It is the new... I don't want to say horror necessarily because The Haunting of Hill House was Mike Flanagan's fantastic horror show that he had out about three years ago. And then I think it was about two years ago he had The Haunting of Blind Manor, which was actually more of a supernatural drama that had some horror elements but was more to do with romance than anything else. Whereas this one, it is... There are some great horror elements to it and over the course of the seven episodes... When it gets to the sixth and seventh episode, it does kind of break out into a full horror. But everything leading up to that is a nice slow burn, uh, an isolated drama to do with everything from religion to addiction um, uh, with amazing performances in it. And it looks beautiful. And I I really, really recommend it. I think it will end up on many people's uh, best of lists at the end of 2021. Uh, but just be aware that the trailer does have it feel like it's going to be this constantly terrifying show. But it is more of a slow burn drama that has little pockets of horror until it gets closer to the end. I know you struggled with what happened. With what I did. Yes, with what you did. What help is here? Good morning. I know I'm not who you expected to see. Just know I'm only here to help, and I look forward to meeting you all. That's high praise indeed, uh, with the potential of it being adding or added to loads of people's best shows of 2021. It sounds excellent. And last but not least, another one that we have flagged a number of weeks back. It's finally getting its release on Apple TV. This is Foundation. Yeah, so weirdly... Uh at the time of recording, there has still been no review or any review access for it. So uh, this is this is a recommendation purely off, I think, our shared interest in this because A, Irish, huge production, want to support that. And B, we love the cast, Lee Pace, Jared Harris, everyone in it looks like they're at the top of the game. And C, it just looks beautiful and huge and interesting and just kind of different to anything else on television right now. And that's enough to give it, you know, to give it a go because Apple TV are really, they're swinging for the fences with, with the shows that they're putting out there. And I appreciate the big, big swings because one of the other ones you and I both love was the first season of The Morning Show and the second season has just started on Apple TV as well. So, uh yeah, I think it's it's probably time to either subscribe or resubscribe our Apple TV Plus subscription. Yes. Well, that is what you do with a subscription. Don't forget to subscribe to the Big Review Scheme, by the way. <laughs> when I was a child at the edge of the galaxy, I heard stories about a man who could forecast the future. But the story remained dark to me until many years later. Until it became my story. Um, yeah, in terms of uh, the Morning Show Foundation, I also started Ted Lasso recently. I know loads of people are on that already, but uh, it is as 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 feel good and lovely and warm and fuzzy as people have said to be. So definitely worth checking out Apple TV for those as well. So that's everything uh, that's coming up on the small screen this week. And now it's time for pizza and a movie. So these pizza and a movie polls have 
pretty much only been going one way so far. I think you had one victory over the past couple of weeks. And mm. I feel like I'm turning into a horrible person um, because, as I said before, I don't like to gloat. But last week, Roy, you chose The Revenant. Uh, I chose Drive. And I was so sure, mm. so sure that I would come away uh, with a victory for that one. And um, I guess... We'll just have to find out what the people voted for. So if we can play, whoever's got the, the timpani around here, could you please play our drum roll? Thank you very much. Again, the votes have been tallied. The numbers have been added up. I've demanded numerous recounts this week. But the winner, with a marginal 52% to 48% victory, is The Revenant. Roy, how does that make you feel? Uh, yeah, I think what everyone out there is thinking is that uh, they're just really happy to see you fall on your face and lose. I think it's just a shared joy of watching pride come with before the fall. And I uh, I want to thank exactly 52% of the population of our uh, readership. The rest of y'all can go to hell. That is the cursed uh, vote result, isn't it? That's like the thing, like Brexit won by that amount, other bad things won by that amount. So if you win 52-48, you're just pretty much a bad person. Mm. So congratulations on your victory, Rory. I don't know what this feeling is. Is this what it feels to be like a loser? Anyway, what have you chosen for this week's pizza in a movie? Yeah, so was released in 2004. It was released to very middling reviews, very middling box office no one really seemed to have an opinion on it at the time jump forward all these years later and it's consistently maybe one of the most rewatched movies for so many people out there it is man on fire and it's just been added to netflix it's denzel on a rampage of revenge uh after dakota fanning's character who he is the personal bodyguard for is kidnapped. Uh, so he just rips through uh, like all of a criminal underground and I, it's just so much fun. It's just great to see him just lose his mind in anger and revenge. Uh, and that's just been added to Netflix this week. So beat that dirty. I don't think there's any point in me actually uh, saying the name of my movie because nothing's going to beat Denzel Washington uh, in Man on Fire because it's obviously the greatest film ever made. <laughs> um, what I have gone for, whenever you started describing yours, I thought, wait, is he picking the same pick as me? This is from 2004 as well when it was originally released. Um, again, released to like middling reviews. Uh, probably not a huge amount of people saw it at the time, but it does have a gorgeous soundtrack and even more gorgeouser. Uh, cast as well but uh, it's all because uh, the star of the show Bill Murray is uh, it celebrates his birthday this week he's 71 happy birthday Bill Murray but this was one of his multiple team-ups with Wes Anderson and it is of course uh, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou I absolutely love this film it's probably my favorite Wes Anderson film it's not for everybody but um, it is available to watch on Disney Plus now so if you love Bill Murray please 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 Go and watch that film. Yeah, you're not winning that this week. 
<laughs> yeah, well, that pretty much wraps us up for this week's episode of The Bigger Use. A big thank you to everybody who is watching and listening to the show. We were number one in the Irish charts. Go us. So thank you for all your support. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. As I said, you can head over to the Bigger Ski Twitter account to be in with a chance of winning those tasty free goodies as well uh, from our friends at Chicago Town Pizza. Rory, thank you as ever. Thank you to the Bigger Ski team behind the scenes as well. And Rory, can you whet our appetite? What have we got coming up on next? week's episode i can't believe it's finally here it's it's like uh it's it just it's like a unicorn it's like something you're like i've heard it exists but i'm not sure it's ever going to arrive uh it's finally here it's no time to die the 25th bond movie is finally in cinemas uh from next week so keep an eye we might have more than just a review but uh i don't want to I'm going to tease too much, but yeah, that's that's next week. Lovely stuff. And to wrap up today's show, we have uh, none other than Ray Liotta, uh, the star of The Many Saints of New York. Roy, you chatted to him about uh, a couple of different things because, interestingly, he was actually here. We're trying to figure out he might actually be in Ireland currently at the moment. Yeah, at the time of recording, he is still in production on Cocaine Bear, which we have mentioned several times on the show. Uh, which is being filmed in Wicklow, I think, mostly at the moment. But he's one of the massively impressive cast in that. So on top of talking about Many Saints of Newark, on top of talking about his uh, iconic narration over Goodfellas, uh, he also chatted about his time and love of Ireland. I think we got in yesterday or two days ago and fly back in a week. Uh, I love it there. I just love, I really love the people. It's only been a few days, so don't disappoint me. But <laughs> there was really just very smart, funny, nice, witty people. And beautiful. The place is just beautiful. You're listening to The Big Reviewski on Joe with Chicago Town. Pizza? Yeah, we go to town on it. <laughs>